Good morning. Is this weird for Christmas? This is super weird. Yeah, it's super weird for me too. But I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad we get to tell, to celebrate today and to be together and to fellowship still. And and uh, I'm I'm glad that you're all all here. But it does definitely feel a little bit different now. Uh, it's good to be back. Last week, you know, we were gone. We watched the service online. We are back to full health. Adivies uh, able to taste and smell pretty good, right? I don't know if that's a good thing for her. <laughs> Especially with my cooking while she was out of commission. There's a lot of frozen foods, <laughs> a lot of microwave stuff, but it's, it's good to be back. You know, I, let me give you some job advice. Or if you ever get hired for something and you miss your first day, that's usually not a good, good thing. So that was our first day officially, and then we missed. So. But we're back now, and it's, it's great to be here. A uh, couple things. If you ordered T-shirts or anything like that and didn't get them, they're out on the hooks hanging out there. Thank you for doing that. I think we raised over $300 for Operation Heal Our Patriot. That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, And if you are on the board, there's going to be a quick meeting if we have enough people right after the service. So quick meeting just to decide that one issue. I don't know if we even... We'll see what, how many people we have or see if we can phone some people in. But would you stand with me? I don't know about you, but no matter what, I'm, I'm here to, to praise and worship our Lord and Savior, right? This is, the, this is the time that we remember him and give him glory. Of course, every time is that. But this especially, that we can kind of slow everything down and just focus on the incredible gift that God gave us. So uh, uh, let's, let's give him all praise and honor with our worship. Would you pray with me? Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, I know there are a lot of people dealing with a lot of things right now, a lot of people who, who don't want to take a chance uh, meeting because they want to meet with family over Christmas. Lord, uh, we understand that. We give you praise and we give you honor. Lord, I pray that you would calm people's fears and, and watch over us all. Lord, um, Father, we give you this time. And we pray that you would just be blessed by our worship, Lord. And I pray that it would not just be lip service. I pray that we would surrender and offer our lives to you completely. Lord, we want to bring honor and glory to you in this community and to the earth around. We want to be good neighbors. We want to show people your love. Lord, I pray that you would just give us those opportunities. Father, I pray that you would sing through the, the worship team. Thank you for them. I pray that everything would run smoothly with the sound and that you would just help us to draw our attention to you, to focus in on you, Lord. We give you all honor and praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Christ the Messiah. He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. He shall reign forevermore, forevermore. He shall reign. Is born the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He shall reign forevermore, Adore Him 
King has come. Lord, I bring an 
just in a panic when uh, Pastor James asked me to do the pastoral prayer because I go blank immediately. But then when I'm singing and worshiping and just not only praising God for what he's done in my life and what he's done for all of us, how he sent his son to pay the price of our sin so that we can dwell in glory forever with him. And then on, uh, on top of all of that, to have our praise team back. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm almost grateful when you guys take a little break because it makes me really appreciate the gifts of God. We are created in his image, and everything beautiful and lovely in you is part of him. Just forget all that darkness. Forget everything, all the arguments in the back of your head telling you you're not worthy. Oh, if people knew that this about you. Just let it go, because everything good and lovely is from God, and dwell on that. Just, just, wow. <laughs> and these beautiful gifts. I mean, we have, a, how many people have someone that plays a violin in their worship team? And we have a drummer back, and Brian, oh my gosh. That alone is worth praising God for, these gifts that we can use to glorify his name and bring others into just praise and worship together. <sighs> and I was thinking about the story of the Grinch. <laughs> And I'm comparing the Grinch with COVID. And the Grinch came in and he stole Christmas. And he's just sitting up on that hill, just waiting for them to start crying. And the Whoville came out and they still praised, they still sang. And I know the story isn't about Christ, but we're still here singing and we're still praising. And some of us are going to have a very quiet Christmas. You know, my family is all backed out, but I still have three people I love, and I still have Jesus, the reason why I praise, the reason for Christmas, the Messiah come, born, God made into this meek, tiny, little, frail creature that a king was going to come and try to kill, but he sent his angels to warn them so they could go ahead, so this Messiah, Messiah could save us, and we are free from our sin. We are free from that darkness, and with his blood, he paid for us, and he owns us. We belong to him. As we go forward in this service, I hope your hearts will just cry to him and love him, and everything that has been bothering you and has been trying to distract you, I pray that you just turn back to him and give him the glory, because nothing in this world is worth paying attention to because all the glory needs to go to God because no matter what happens he's in control no matter what outcomes that you don't like God sees it he sees everything and he is using this for good and someday eternity will be here and all we will be doing is praising in a light eternal forever together 
Holy Spirit, please guide our pastor. Guide his words. Guide his heart. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to be in Luke today. Luke, I am so excited to preach this message. I am really excited to preach next week's message. And next week's message, um, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts or anything like that. But um, it's a pretty cool message. And I want you to invite all your family and friends to it. It's going to be geared more towards people who don't come to church or or to people who come to church. And we're just going to explain everything in the Bible next week. All right. So if if you don't know what the Bible is about and you want to know everything it is about, that's what we're going to be tackling next week. But uh, title of this sermon is Life Interrupted, Life Interrupted. And I don't know about you guys, but I finally got TV back. We were just doing the, the Netflix thing. And just recently, we because we, we wanted to watch Ohio State, that's I talked my wife into doing it, all right? And I tell you what, yesterday's game, come on, Ohio State. Like, I don't need that anxiety right now, right? That is just killer the first half, the first three quarters. And, and, and like the announcer said, run the ball, right? Run the ball. We're getting tons of over 10 yards of carry, and we're not running the ball. Anyways, that's another story. I enjoyed seeing Notre Dame get their butts kicked, too. Uh, and I'm looking forward to taking on Clemson. I know people may be scared of that, but I'm ready for Ohio State to be Clemson. All right, so we're going to start praying for that right now. All right. All right. Where was I going? Oh, commercials. Commercials. So I'm watching this commercial. I like the Christmas commercials. Some of them are stupid, and some of them are great, though. The one with the Mercedes commercial where there's a bear that's strapped to the front of a semi, and it climbs down off of that, and then the kids, the kid gets in and is hugging on it. I'm like, I'm, are you serious? You're hugging on that, that old grimy bear that's been through all those elements and everything like that? I just thought that was a, kind of a dumb one, but it's kind of cute, I guess. But anyways, there's another commercial, and there's a family, and there's a teenage girl, and she's just leaning back on the couch, and she's just so depressed because Christmas is just different, right? And she's like, oh, and they're probably going to cancel Christmas like they've canceled everything else, and she's moping and everything like that, and then they start singing at the end, and, and I think, I don't even know what that's for, but it says believe on it um, and everything. But that's, that's kind of sums up Christmas this year, right? It's just kind of, um, you're waiting for it to get canceled, but it can't be canceled, right? It can't be. But it's kind of like it's been interrupted, interrupted this year. Um, I don't know anybody that likes to be interrupted. Does anybody? No. Nobody likes to be interrupted. Um, We all have things that we have to do. We're busy people, right? We all get comfortable, and I don't know about you, but I know my wife, when she gets all tucked in with her blanket and everything like that, she does not like that one part to get untucked, you know, and sometimes that's what an interruption feels like. Is when you get that, that corner untucked and that cold air comes in there. And uh, uh, that's what it just kind of feels like. But what if the God of the universe wants to interrupt your life right now? What if? Are you interruptible? Are you interruptible? Here's what I know about God. He interrupts our lives quite often. I know my life has been headed in a direction, in a certain direction. And then all of a sudden, God comes in and hits me over the head with a two-by-four and is like, what are you doing? And, and I want you to head in, in this direction. Just recently with, with this, right? My, my life was seemingly headed in one direction. I had made peace with that. And all of a sudden, God opens the door 
and provides uh, a new direction, right? That's what our God does. He will step in when nobody else will step in, right? He'll step in in a way that nobody else can, and sometimes it hurts, sometimes it doesn't, but our God loves to interrupt our lives. But the question is, are we willing to let ourselves be interrupted? That's the question. The Bible is packed with stories of interruptions, right? There's an entire people group headed one way, and God interrupts that. There's a family headed another way. There's an individual headed a certain direction, and God comes in. He says he hits the brakes on that and and takes them in a completely different direction. It's kind of interesting when you think about Jesus' life while he was in the flesh here on this earth. It was really one constant interruption. People constantly coming up to him and interrupting his life, right? But that's where the ministry happened, right? That's where, that's where a people, a group of friends tore off a roof and lowered down their paralyzed friend to him and, and Jesus forgave his sins and healed him, right? An interruption, an interruption. He was preaching, he was teaching, and they interrupted and he was interruptible. A blind man, a leper, a person with a shriveled hand comes up to him. Jesus, if you're willing, right? If you're willing, yes, I'm willing. And he stops whatever he's doing and he heals them. A woman with a bleeding problem comes up to him and just, just wants to touch him, just touch his cloak. And he feels the power go out, right? Interrupted. Jesus was 100% interruptible and what about us what about you i i am not 100 percent interruptible i do not like to be interruptible and god forgive me when i use that excuse right we can't stand it when somebody interrupts while we're talking excuse me let me finish right the gospels are full of interruptions though and life is about how we respond to those interruptions what I want to do for a, for a moment this morning is just dive into a, one of the greatest interruptions in a person's life, and that's the, the story of, of Mary. I believe that God uses interruptions to stir our lives in a good way, and I don't want us to miss them when he does that, when he gives us those opportunities. We're going to be looking at Mary, and I know uh, as soon as you mention Mary on Christmas, it's like, oh my gosh, I've heard Mary preached about 15 million times, Right? Let's pray that God speaks to us through his word in a fresh way. Let's not take anything for granted. Uh, I think probably the, the, I think the worst times for a preacher to preach is, is when everybody knows what you're supposed to be preaching about and you, know, you feel like you have to do kind of pigeonholed with that. But I know God's got a fresh message for us today. All right. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Luke is, is really the only account that records when God first interrupted Mary's life. So we're going to see this. Luke 1, chapter 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So stop there. All right, put yourself in Mary's shoes. That's what you should do anytime you're reading the gospel. Put yourself in everybody's shoes. Young lady, Archangel Gabriel shows up. All right, that must have been kind of interesting. I don't know if he just popped out of the air. I don't know if he knocked on the door. I don't know how he got there. But I would be greatly troubled if an archangel showed up in my house or came and talked to me. But it's interesting in the text, that's not what troubled her. Right? What's it say troubled her? Mary was greatly troubled at his words. And she wondered what kind of greeting that might be. Well, maybe she's greatly troubled because she thinks, uh, man, you must have the wrong person. Right? Are you sure you're at the right house? Um, I'm not talking about the time. I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you're, where you're sitting there and somebody across the way kind of looks at you and waves. And you're like, do I know that person? And you're thinking in your head and you're trying to think, because I'm bad with people and faces and everything like that. And so you're like, oh, oh, hey, hey, how's it going? And then you catch out of the corner of your eye that they're actually waving to somebody behind you, right? <laughs> Have you ever had that happen? More than once for me. You know, it's just totally embarrassing. But we're not talking about that, right? I'm talking about when God speaks to you and you're like, oh God, do you have the wrong person? Are you sure you're talking to the right person? I'm a teenager after all, right? And what, here's the question, what are you going to ask me to do? Have you ever been surprised, totally surprised by God's presence and just been put in awe and it just kind of paralyzes you because you're wondering, what is God going to ask of me? Oh. Like you recognize the Holy Spirit and you're just kind of in awe and terrified at the same time. Ah, I'm scared. You know, why are you here? What are you up to? You know, think about, think about Mary. It's not like she's in the temple praying. Right? It's not like she's at the temple praying, God, use me, God, I'm here, whatever you want, I'm good to go, uh, you know, use my life. No, God shows up in the everyday, in the everyday moments at home. And what's she doing? Right? What's going on in her life at this moment? She's got a wedding. She's engaged. Right? And have you ever talked to a woman that is in the engagement process and planning the wedding and getting ready for that, um, their mind is focused in on that. Their mind has to be focused in on that because, honestly, their spouse, their, their spouse-to-be is no help, right? The guy is no help, so they have to do everything. I remember being engaged to Adobe, and, and she'd be like, what do, you, what do you want to do? I don't care. Whatever you want. You, know, you just plan everything, and I'm, I'm good with it. I, you know, I'll pick out the food. I'll help picking out the food and taste that, but that's... That's really all that I need to be involved in. Yes, thank you, Daniel. You're, you're, you're right there, right? But engagement was so different back then. It was an even more involved process than we have right now. It's not like I find somebody and we plan our wedding and then we, we move forward with it. No, it was like two families coming together, right? And the families plan everything and decide everything. First of all, they pick who you're going to marry. You know, is this a, a good person for, for my kid to marry? And they kind of decide that. Could you imagine you and your, your in-laws and your parents coming together and just planning everything? Would that have been a fun? You know, I have to think that would probably would have not been fun. Uh, is my daughter a good match for this person? 
Um, we've got we've to plan everything. We've got to come to it really in agreement. That's what they did back then. Uh, the family would negotiate things. There would be property that was traded. There would be money that changes hands oftentimes in the situation. So the whole family is involved in this commitment. And it's not until all this stuff gets worked out that the couple is engaged. So engagement was, was really more like a marriage. It's more like after the commitment. Um, and after a, a couple's parents and family worked everything out, and that's when they were engaged. And if somebody wanted out of that arrangement, and they're like, no, I don't think that person's a good person, they'd actually have to get a divorce during the engagement process. You'd have to have a, this legal proceeding to break the engagement. And, and a typical engagement would, would last for a year. You've heard this before, but the husband would go to their house and they would start building onto their house and provide a place for him and his bride to come live. And when he get done, he would come grab his bride and there would be a celebration and a time of feasting and, and they would go home. So Mary is right somewhere in the middle of this whole entire engagement process. She's waiting. She doesn't know when Joseph's coming back. You didn't get, you didn't get to know that, maybe a couple days ahead of time. And you can see why the angel's words would have been a little troubling or concerning. She has plans. The family's worked everything out. And Joseph's a pretty good guy, right? That's what we learn about him. And he's building a place to live, and, and he, she's not sure when he's coming back. And, and what are you going to ask of me right now? I have these plans that can't be changed. I'm committed, right? My families are committed to this process. We got the school picked out. I know the names for the kids. We're ready to go. And I wasn't expecting any of this. This wasn't a part of the plan God, right? Verse 30. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. Thank you, Adam, for that song. His kingdom will never end. Mary, this isn't your everyday interruption, right? This is a divine interruption, a holy invitation. Mary, do you think I've got the wrong person? I created the universe. I created the cosmos. I create light. I put molecules together. I didn't send my messenger to the wrong house. No, I know exactly who you are. I know the plans that you have the efforts that you're making. I know you want that house on a hill connected to the in-laws, maybe. I get it, Mary. I know you don't want any interruptions right now. And I know you might think maybe later would be better, come back in a year. But Mary, I'm inviting you to be a part of history. I'm inviting you to be part of the narrative my narrative. I'm inviting you to bring the Savior of all mankind into this world, and he's going to change everything, right? Your son's going to sit on the eternal throne for eternity. Don't miss that. 
So in verse 34, she just says, okay, well, these plans sound intense, kind of cool, amazing, you know, but how in the world is this going to work, right? Angel, I don't see how this can happen. Verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? You know, I'm pretty sure I went to health class, and I know that uh, this thing is supposed to happen, and it hasn't happened yet so far right now, so I don't think and see how this thing is going to happen, right? Did you follow that? Did that make sense? All right. Have you ever felt insecure or questioned God and what he was prompting you to do? Like, you're not sure how in the world that would ever work out and how that could ever come to be. It just doesn't seem to make sense. Or, God, I've got a lot of questions about that. And and like I said, I just don't see how this is going to work. And I don't know about you, but I might be the only person in this room that when God comes up to me and gives me something like that, I like to play this game. I like to play this game where I give God all the problems with that idea that he has. I like to give him all the reasons that that's just not going to work out, that how that just does not make sense. And I don't know if I'm the only one, but probably not. Sometimes this list is based on previous experience, right? Think of prayer. You're calling me to pray and, and pray for this person, but I prayed in the past and just things haven't happened the way that I thought they would pray. You're calling me to read the Bible, but I just... I don't get it. I read it, and I'm like, what in the world am I reading, right? But you want me to be in the Word. Lord, I know you want me to talk to this person, but last time I did, it went really bad, right? I know you want me to give up, give my testimony to stand up, but I can't speak in front of people. (laughs) I've told you this story before, but when I was in maybe fifth grade, my school, we had a 1,000 kids in a class. I mean, it was a big school, and so my good friends had just come up with this breakdancing stuff, and it was popular back then, and they were putting on a, a show for the entire school, a, a breakdancing demonstration, and they called for somebody in the audience to come up, and for some unknown reason to me, I raised my hand, and they brought me up there on stage. And so I get up there, and I'm looking at thousands of kids Right, and I totally froze. Totally froze, and that I I think about that moment right now, and I my heart starts to race, and I'm like, oh my gosh! And I think that was just the beginning of me being scared to be up in front of people. Sometimes we have those history, those moments in our lives, though, where we just it makes us question, uh, God, do you have the right person? I know I should be kind to this person, but they're really mean. Can you just give me somebody a little bit nicer to talk to, right? Sometimes I get stuck because my list isn't wrapped around what usually happens or doesn't happen. It's also a list of who I'm not, right? I'm not knowledgeable enough. I have thought that. I'm not knowledgeable to approach this person and talk to this person. I know they're going to ask me some questions that I am not going to be able to answer. So it just doesn't make sense for me. Maybe you're too old, right? Maybe you're too young. Maybe you're just not ready, need a little bit more time. Maybe you're not smart enough. Maybe you're too white. I heard somebody say that. I'm too white. 
Maybe you don't have enough tattoos. Maybe you have too many tattoos. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe you don't have enough money. It's easy to build that list, right, of why you've got the wrong person, God. It's easy to have that spirit, and it's infectious. And um, it doesn't just affect you, man. I've had a moment in time that I was thinking about where somebody felt like God was calling them to do something, and you know what I did? I talked them out of it. Are you sure God's calling you to this? It doesn't seem practical, right? Mm, God forgive me. Hey, Moses, you're a stutterer. You sure God is asking you to speak to Pharaoh on behalf of him? Didn't you kill somebody too? Right? There's probably somebody better for that job, Moses. God, I don't want to ever rob someone for a holy invitation ever again. You come to me and you say, God is calling me to this, and I will help you in that endeavor. And we'll find a way, right? We'll search it out. We'll pray about it. We'll make sure we're on the right path, and I will help you, though. That's my call as the pastor. Let me tell you, the angel... Gabriel doesn't even flinch at Mary's how. He just responds in the only way that God does. He's like, oh, wait, Mary, you thought you were going to do this? Right? You thought you were going to be responsible for carrying out the saving of the world? No, no, I've got that, right? God's got that. That's not how it works, Mary. Here's how it's going to go down. Verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come on you. That's a promise from Jesus, right? And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Check out verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. That, that's a tattoo verse, right? Nothing is impossible for God. And Mary, I need you to hear this. I know you can't see how, but I'm telling you this is a divine invitation, a divine interruption, and I need you to know that nothing is impossible Is there anybody in here that needs to hear that today? Is God calling you to something? And you just don't see how in the world it would ever work or how it could ever come to pass. Hear this. For no word from God will ever fail. A woman who's way too old is about to have a child. I love this. It almost feels like it's out of place just mentioning Elizabeth, right? And it isn't interesting that he points out another friend who said yes to God and who is trusting God, another friend who is believing the impossible. Sometimes we can get surrounded by people that feel like it is their job to talk us out of something. It's a completely different situation, though, when you're surrounded by people 
who are living out their faith, who are stepping out on faith, because they'll encourage you to do the same. Can you believe it? Elizabeth, six months pregnant at her age. Wow. Can you imagine our entire church living out what God asks us to do? Can you imagine how infectious that would be? Could you imagine coming up and saying, hey, Lanny, will you pray for me? I feel like God's calling me to this. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but will you just pray with me? Will you just be there with me? Lanny's going to say, heck yeah, man, go for it, right? And I'll be right beside you. You've got a church family, a body. We are primed. We are ready. We'll be here for you. We'll stand beside you, right? Are you willing, though, to be interrupted? Here's Mary's response, verse 38. I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your words to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. That's humility. That's trust. I'm your servant. I'll do whatever he asks. And may your words come to be. Now here's where the familiarity with the story kind of hurts us and we have to be be careful all right, because it's easy then to just go in your mind to a few moments ahead in time where there's a baby, a sweet little manger, and baby Jesus wrapped in some swaddling clothes and people singing and, and people bringing gifts, right? But stop before you go there and sit in this moment and feel the, the weight of it, the gravitas, the gravity of this moment. It's hard to imagine, but this yes from Mary is going to cost her everything. This interruption is going to interrupt every single area of her life. What do you mean? Well, Mary's going to go spend three months with Elizabeth after this, and when she's going to come back, she's going to be three months pregnant. Joseph wasn't there. How's her family going to receive this? You know, her family or the families that planned this engagement I'm sure that Elizabeth encouraged her, but coming back to a small town, right? We know how that is. We know how that goes. The family worked hard to plan all this wedding out. There's property that's been exchanged. There's money that's been exchanged, and now she's pregnant. And you think that anybody's going to buy her story, that she's carrying the Messiah? Do you think everybody, anybody's going to buy that she's carrying the Savior of the world? Yeah, right, Mary. Sure, you weren't unfaithful. That's going to be the label that she has. And how could she do that to Joseph? He's such a nice guy, right? Do you remember in the community when that woman was caught in adultery and and she was brought to Jesus and what all the religious leaders wanted to do? Man, let's stone her. Imagine trying to explain this to the guy that you're about to marry. She doesn't know he's had a vision, right? And he might not have had the vision yet. I can't imagine the fear that would be going through this young woman's head. Hey, Joseph, I know this sounds crazy, but what if Joseph walks away? What's going to happen to the rest of her life? What's this going to cost her? What is her future going to be? Will she spend it alone? Will she never get married? 
What if she's lonely for the rest of her life? Her previous plan just got blown out of the water. The community that she could depend on probably will abandon her. And don't forget, Joseph makes up his mind to divorce her. Right? Before he has the vision, he makes up the mind, his mind to quietly divorce her. Mary's in this moment going to have to trust God like she's never trusted God before. And my friends, when you say yes to God, when you allow yourself to be interrupted by God, that's the only way you're going to get it through too. Is putting your full trust in him. I want to say yes. I want you to say yes. Here's the real deal though. That yes will probably cost you everything. Or at least cost you more than you know. And I'm just being real, right? I mean, the call to follow God, the call to be an ambassador comes with warnings, right? Jesus gave warnings. Jesus tells you, hey, the world's going to hate you. It's a good sales pitch, right? If you want somebody to follow you, good selling point. Hey, you're going to have to pick up your cross, an instrument of death to follow me. Everybody who wants to save their life will lose it. This is the nature of God's call. And Jesus told us, hey, count the cost before you say yes to following me. Count the cost. Don't go in blind. My friends, it will cost you everything. It will cost you your plans. It may cost you your life. But there's also another kingdom principle here. That kingdom principle says that when you give up everything, you get Jesus. And when you get Jesus, it just so happens that you have more than you could ever dream of. It's so much better. I, I guarantee you Mary does not have any regrets after she sees how God's plan unfolds. I know if we step out on faith, if we follow God's call, we won't either, whatever it costs us. I want to be interruptible, don't you? Like, I don't want to be so stuck on my plans, my own ways that I miss it, that I miss God's call. I've been to the end of my own plans, and every time... It has not satisfied me. It has not been satisfying. I think it will be if I can just get that or obtain that. Maybe if I just get this job position, maybe if I could just get this vehicle, maybe if I just get this much money every year, it does not satisfy. I want to be interruptible. I want to know that no matter how unexpectedly that God comes into my life and whatever he asks me that I can just lay down my plans and say yes. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be the person that says I'm your servant. May your will be fulfilled. But I'm not always. I want to know that whatever my eyes tell me or my head tells me this probably isn't going to work this doesn't seem like a good idea. The reality of it, the practicality of it, 
I want to forget that. And just say, Lord, I'm going to trust you to show up for me. I'm going to trust you to provide anything that you want. Because I know that your word never fails. Amen? I remember a time when I was saving for a house. And God asked me to give up some money. And I knew if I went forward with that, my other plans for saving up a house would never come to be. Not during that time period. And it was a two-year commitment. But I had peace about that. And I knew that's what God was calling. So I went ahead with that. And during the process when I went ahead with that, my income got cut $10,000 a year. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to keep my promise. But God provided the way And in the end, I got a check for double what I had given God. Double. That would have never happened if I would just went through my normal way of life and had my income cut. I would have never been able to save. But that's the power of God. He provides. You can never outgive God. You never have to worry about what you give up. It will pale in comparison to getting Jesus. I guarantee you. Are you interruptible? Every time I've been interrupted and I've been too tired and I just don't want to talk to that person, right? Or I don't want to follow God's prompting. Every time that I've said yes, it has been well worth it. I can't think of one regret in that area. The only regrets I have are saying no or or not being interruptible. I'm going to tell you something and, and maybe you can confirm this. Every time I've not wanted to go to church, right, and I've went to church, those have been the moments that God spoke straight to my heart. If you ever have a strong prompting not to go to church, get your butt to church, right? Do not miss out on that. You probably should just come every time just in case, right? You want to do ministry? You want to make a difference in somebody's life? You want to be a part of God's plan? You have to be interruptible. You have to be interruptible. You have to be willing to say yes no matter the cost. And my friends, that's when it gets exciting. Church is boring. Church is boring if you're not interruptible. Church is boring when it's just about your, your plans. Church is useless. We might as well shut the doors. But when the God of the universe puts something on your heart and calls you to something and tries to interrupt your life, man, that's where it's at. That's where it gets exciting. What is God calling you to do Are you praying for it? Are you asking about it? Look at how many times Jesus was interrupted. Like I said, the Gospels are just full of one interruption after another. How many divine interruptions have I missed? Because I've been too lazy, not willing to be interrupted. Hmm. I'm praying that you and I recognize these times 
I'm praying that we don't just think that they're coincidences, that they're just accidents. I pray that we recognize these as opportunities. That's, that's the cool thing about God. There are, no, there are no coincidences. There are no accidents. Or if they are, they're really rare. Are we willing to give out our, our plans? Are we willing to give over our stuff? Are we willing to get over our agendas? Are we willing to get over our insecurities? Oh God, don't ask me to be a missionary. Oh God, don't ask me to be to speak in front of people. Oh God, don't ask me to go talk to that person and talk to him about Jesus. Those are the things that we need to get over and say yes to. Those are the things that we need to trust and realize that we partner with the God of the universe. We partner with the Holy Spirit. He lives inside us. How many times do we tell him no? And what are we missing out on? Would you stand with me? Do you want to see God's power? Do you wonder why it looks a lot different in the Bible than it does today? Why was God doing these miracles? Why was God doing these things that happen, and why does that not happen today? It doesn't happen today because we say no, because we're not interruptible. I guarantee you, if God calls you to something that's way beyond you, and you say yes and you trust in him, you will see the power of God. And you'll be amazed by that. If not, if you're not willing to do that, don't bother with any of this. Right? Don't bother. What's the point? Right? Say yes to God. Be interrupted. Pray for it. God, would you just interrupt my life? Would you, would you put somebody in my path? Would you help somebody to reach out to me with some kind of need that I could meet? This is the Christmas season. This is the perfect opportunity to be reminded of that, right? And I don't care if you're old. I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're too white. I don't care if you got too many tattoos. I don't care what it is. Man, be interruptible. Amen? You remember the story two weeks ago? A priest and a Levite? Yeah. A priest and a Levite. The religious pastor. The religious leader. The worship leader, man. They stepped over the guy and kept going. But there was somebody who was willing to be interrupted. Right? There was somebody who was willing to go beyond when that person was brought to them. Right? Go beyond what they would normally be responsible for doing. They were responsible and they cared for this person. And that's who we're called to be. Right? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you would call each and every person in here today. And I pray that they would allow their lives and their plans and their ideas and their dreams to be interrupted by you. 
Lord, help us to recognize when you're doing these things, when you're moving, Lord. Help us not to be just so fixated on ourselves and what we want that we don't, that we just miss it. Lord, help us to be a church that that steps out on faith at every opportunity and trusts you to provide. Father, would you remind everybody in here that it's not their strength that they need to depend on? Would you remind us that we partner with you? And would you help us to follow your leading? Would you help us to keep in step with you? Father, to you be all the glory. Lord, thank you for sending your son. Jesus, thank you for being willing to be interrupted all the time. Help us to follow in your footsteps, Lord. Use us. We just ask this in your name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Come back next week. Invite somebody out. Like I said, you're getting the whole Bible next week, pretty much whole Bible.